Welcome everybody to Dad Talk today. I'm your host, Eric Carroll. Thank you so much for being here. We have an amazing podcast lined up for you today. We are a podcast that talks about all things fatherhood. Before we start, please make sure to visit all of our social media websites, our podcast links, rate, review, subscribe, and help us towards the cause that we are trying to do here today. And no matter what you're going through today, Dad, we hope that this podcast leaves you inspired with your head held high. Keep fighting, and tomorrow you will find progress. Stay cool. Stay Dad. This episode brought to you by www.dadtalktoday.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Dad Talk Today. I'm your host, Eric Carroll. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, please make sure to join us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, rate, review, and subscribe. Goes a long way in helping us do what we've got to do. Also on Apple and Google Podcasts. One more thing, we are a listener-supported podcast, so your donations and anything you buy from the shop goes a long way in helping us do what we do. If you would, visit our sponsors at shop.threadmob.com dot com slash dad talks and you'll find all kinds of new merchandise that we got they just completely revamped our shop we've got new long sleeve shirts hoodies and again it goes a long way with any little thing you buy but today's episode is one that just came to me earlier it's like man i really want to talk about this and i had another gentleman that's been wanting to come on the podcast so uh everybody i'd like to welcome jason wayne self jason how you doing today oh not too bad how about you eric I'm doing all right, man. And where is it you're from again? What part of Tennessee? I'm, from, I, I'm actually from Lincoln County, Tennessee. Lincoln I'm, County, Tennessee. All right. So I, I'm glad to have somebody on the podcast that's a little bit countryer than me. <laughs> I'm usually getting picked on about my accent and everything. So it, it's good to have another Southerner on here. Hey, y- y- y'all can pick on Eric anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm used to it. So Jason, I just wanted to get on here and, and talk about a topic that I think is, is extremely, extremely important. And it's moving on after divorce or a bad breakup. So I, I did a little experiment on Dad Talk today on Facebook today. And I asked everybody to say one nice thing about their ex. Mm-hmm. You saw the results. Yep. Um, at least half of them were really positive. And the other half, I mean, it was just, it was horrible. And I did that because I see nowadays how much bitterness people are holding on to and not being able to let go. And I think that is so counterproductive and not only trying to be a parent, but to move on as a person. We didn't ask you to tell us how you still love your ex or anything like that. We just said one nice thing you got with them for a reason. So there had to be at least something nice you could say. She could cook or she could clean good, something, you know, and a lot of those people did that and they, they took the high road. But um, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, the way I look at it, I mean, Eric, I've got three boys yep. uh, with my with my ex-wife. And, of course, I, I'm in a 50-50 custody relationship as far as with my ex, with our kids. Because, I mean, let's face it, that is what it is. It's a relationship with our kids. Yep. And – I've always believed I, I've always been raised to encourage my children to respect their mother 
And that's what I've always tried to teach them as raising them. And yeah, during that bitter time, that kind of it made it a little more of a challenge. I wanted them to have the instill that principle, regardless of how I felt about their mother. Right. That that was kind of how I dealt with that situation. Because I mean, no matter how I felt, I still wanted my kids to respect their mom. Right. And that that goes a long way, man. So you, know, I went through a divorce three years ago. And I won't lie to you, it was probably up until about earlier this year that I really started to completely heal from it. Um, it was very traumatic for me. I think not only me, I see a lot of fathers that really remind me of myself. I think we get a little case of PTSD with it. And it's just mm -hmm. hard. It's hard to move on. Realizing that and taking the steps. And I just don't know what it is that holds us back so much. I think it's a little bit of pride. I believe it's the pride factor. And yeah. I mean, because... I've always believed that a man that has a family, that's where his pride is actually held most. Because yep. we always do everything we can to make sure our family has what it needs. And, and especially in cases like where you see there's one partner that maybe had an affair. One thing I hate, especially with, with people who do this, you know, they'll say, why don't you just get over it and move on? Well, that side is just now finding out about it. You right. moved on the second you found somebody else. Well, now they're just finding out about it. Your kids are just finding out about it. Their family's just finding out about it. It's not a simple case of just move on. It's not just moving on and going to another person and starting a new life. They have to get over betrayal and many other mm -hmm. things. And I think that's what we're seeing. Good percentage of these cases are people that are having to deal with something like that or somebody that just took off. I agree. I, I fully agree because, I mean, my situation, I mean, involved a uh an affair and you have 10 plus years invested in a relationship with somebody that really changes your world because yep. from one okay you think back when you were a kid and dating you, you were used to that okay we broke up move on to the next one but you you spend your life like i said me personally it was 10 plus years with one person and then all of a sudden here we are we're no longer a couple that 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 does i mean that had a lot of negative effects on me as an individual mm -hmm. hurts your pride hurts your confidence your self-esteem makes you uh i mean you, you question every little thing you're doing if you're good enough what did i do wrong mm -hmm. and there's just so many variables that come into question so now you take that and then put a dispute of the children in the mix with it Right. And for a person just now finding out about that, it's just a cocktail of depression and, and many other emotions that's hard for us fathers to deal with. Let's just be real. And when right. you're, you're used to having your family with you every single night, you're used to being there with your kids. Now there's no longer a spouse beside you and your kids are over at their house and you're sitting there with your emotions by yourself and loneliness creeps in. Right. That's I, where the poison's at, man. Right. I mean, and honestly, at that point, I mean, me personally, I, I went during that period of I'm by myself and I've got my emotions. I, I actually had a couple of choices and I realized I had to make them. I could have went the route of starting a drink. Yep. That wasn't going to benefit my kids. I could have went the route of doing drugs. That's not going to benefit my kids. So I, I went with the route of let me reach out to my family, friends, people that would support me. And that's what I saw it was support. Let's face it, I lost all the support I had from an individual I'd spent with, so I had to reach out to what was left. And I, I get it. A lot of you 
a lot of people don't have that strong family foundation. I've always been a big believer that blood doesn't always make you family. Right. So, you know, sometimes you got to create your own family outside of your, your environment and seek the ones that will help you in a positive way. It's true. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people might think this is funny, but one of the things that I did, because so, all right, again, I was used to have my family at home with me every night. Now they're gone and I would go nuts. I just sit here. I right. wouldn't do anything. It's just like, I don't know what to do. This, this is completely foreign to me. Well, eventually, you know, I started playing video games. I had a little community online of friends that I could sit there and talk to. They didn't know me, so they're not going to judge me. And I could talk to them about anything. And it, I, that was an outlet for me to get right. away from the real world and some of the stuff that was going on with me. So that can definitely be used in a positive light. You've got to keep yourself busy. You know, if oh, you yeah. sit there and wallow in your emotions and poor me, poor me. And you know what? You probably did have some bad stuff happen to you. We get it. But if you sit there and just keep feeding off of that and get into victim mode, you're headed down a very dark, dark road that you do not want to be down. Right. I mean, I actually went down that road a little bit, Eric. I mean, I did too. Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm not by no means a very heavy set individual. I'm, I've been thin my whole life. Yep. I just recently started developing that dad bod gut <laughs> at the age of 37. My waistline has always been around a 29 in the waist to a 30. And when I'm, you know, when I first got divorced and I believe it or not, when I first met my wife, 29 size waist was falling off of me. Mm. I mean, it, I lost that much weight. Yeah. And I realized I was going down a, wrong, a bad path because I wasn't eating. I wasn't exercising. I would concentrate on work. That's all that mattered until my kids come around. Um, of course, like I've told a lot of people, I was very lucky. My ex-wife agreed 50-50 custody uh, compared to a lot of people I've talked with, yep. you know, out, out in our communities and other states. That pride factor, my family has been broken up. My kids, I mean, my biggest concern at, at two or three years into it was how has this affected my kids and how will it affect my kids? Yeah. And that was probably the biggest thing that I had to let go. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. So uh, there were so many different things for me to let go. And, you know, I think during mine, what made it so hard is I got custody of, of my mm -hmm. daughters during this. And my oldest daughter was a teenager. So whereas the little one didn't really understand what was going on, my teenager saw it all and knew everything. Right wanted to come talk to daddy about it and a lot of times I did and I realized later on I was like you talked to her about too much mm -hmm. you know? and we continue baby. to do that yeah we and continue to do that absolutely she's my baby I love her but I realize <laughs> it's like look she's already been through things that she shouldn't have been through with this marriage she doesn't need to know the details anything like that she just needs to be a kid and right I think we fail to realize that you know your kids are not meant to bear the weight of your problems. Right. Well, see, and that kind of falls back to the whole, uh, we're, we're trying to find someone we can talk to. Right. And when you got older kids like that, it, it, it just becomes easier yeah. when they can have a full conversation with you, even though they may not understand everything you're telling them. It, for some reason, I, I've seen this happen a lot where it's easier for us as parents to just lay it all out there. 
Yep. And I've had to do that. It's funny. Jade told me not long ago, she's like, Daddy, sometimes you sit here and talk to me. And I think to myself, I have no idea what he's talking about. But one day I'm going to. Right. And that sunk, you know, because I'm constantly talking to her about all these different things that I've learned, hoping that one day we want to think that if we tell our kids about our mistakes and what we overcome, that they won't go through them one day. Right. But the reality is they probably will. They're kids. We just have those talks. And and a lot of times I would find myself talking to her during the divorce and go back later and I'm like, man, you can't do that. You know, so, right. I mean, I'm, I'm completely transparent. I, no parent is perfect. And during no. these trying times when you're hurt and I mean, your mind's going crazy, you'll do things. You're, you're going to slip up. And the important thing is realizing that and making the steps that you need to do necessary to change it. Right. And I, I think the big thing for that is reaching out to someone who, who is old enough to understand is not yep. associated with your uh, situation. Yep. Um, but that's, I think that's kind of big. The part of the big problem is for us to find someone we can trust and talk to. It's hard, you know, and like, so in my case, my family, we're very close. We all lived on the same property. My mom's house, I, I can walk to it. And then my brother was right there beside me and my, my sister. My dad bought us all this big strip of land and we all lived there. So we were very close and tight-knit family. But they were equally as invested in my divorce as I was because they was they considered this a part of the family. Right. You know? So they were hurt. They weren't the greatest people to talk to at that point in time because they were just as mad as me. I had right. to go kind of find an outside source that I could talk to because a lot of times talking to them and rightfully so, again, like I said, it hurt them. But when I would get around them and then we're both sitting there talking about our hurt, man, <laughs> it just didn't go so yeah. well. They meant nothing by it because they loved me. They were mad because they loved me and, and this is what was going on. But, you know, again, like I said, I had my friends on the PlayStation <laughs> and I talked to them as as weird as that might sound, I'm telling you, I could call those guys up right now and they'd be there for me. They've sent me money. They've done many things. And, you know, finding somebody that you can talk to, your heart will let you know I can trust this person or I can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's where I got, I, me, myself, like I said, I, I considered myself uh, very lucky and very fortunate. I've, I've been married to my current wife. We've been together probably now 17 years, or not 17 what am I thinking? I think my oldest son being 17. Uh, we've been together longer than what me and my ex-wife were married. I mean, it's been a little over 10 years now. Yeah. And me and her both starting out, we had some trust issues. Yep. Because, I mean, she had problems on her. I mean, she had her life. She's lived. Uh, she, she blessed me with my stepson. Right. And, you know, so th- those trust issues were there, too, on her end. But for some reason that just me and her clicked right away where we knew we could trust each other. I don't know. Just one of those weird situations, I guess through all of it, you know, like the in-laws and everything, we've kind of been able to manage how we're going to deal with all that amongst ourselves. I mean, as far as rebuilding a relationship, we we have decided, me and her have decided we're married. We're, we're, we're sticking together. Um, right. We're going to defend each other, right or wrong. We're we're backing each other up. And that's what that's what you got to do, man. And 
that, well, I'm, I'm glad you brought something up, you know, talking about when y'all both came into the relationships and you might've been in different places. So I think a lot of times after divorce, when that loneliness that we was talking about earlier kicks in, we feel the need to really hurry and get into another relationship for some that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. But I think for a lot of us, it does. And the, a lot of times when we do that, if we came out of a, you know, high conflict divorce, there's a lot of wounds there that need to be healed before you get into right. a relationship or you're just going to drag those right with you. Well, um, and you also got to look at the, uh, you know, a lot of people call it the rebound relationship. Yep. Um, I'll be honest with you, Eric. I, I started talking to this one girl. Um, this, this was actually before my divorce was even finalized. And I started talking to her and I was just looking for anything and everything me and her had in common just to say, Hey, we're going to have a relationship. Yep. Not a very good move on my part. And I was again, fortunate. This girl knew my situation. I was honest with her and she's like, look, I'm, I don't want to be that girl. I'll be your friend. I'll do, you know, and I was like, Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, cause we never, we never did anything in my head. I was actually pursuing, a rush relationship. Right. And I've talked with a lot of my close friends that have been in a similar situation to me. And a lot of them have found, realized I did that. And more often than not, they have found that they went ahead and pursued that relationship and got into it and later regretted it. And so again, that all you're doing is building up more scars and wounds yep. just by jumping in. I did the same thing. <laughs> I did the exact right. same thing and got myself in just as big a mess, if not a bigger mess. And it was right. because of that loneliness. Uh, and especially somebody has been cheated on. So like I said, your pride's been hurt, your, your self-esteem, your confidence. So I don't know. It's almost like if I get a person really quick, it kind of justifies, hey, I'm not as bad a person as they made it out when they went and cheated with right. somebody because, look, somebody wants me. It's, it's kind of like right. justifying their actions. But one thing I think that gets lost in the discussion, and this is kind of a deep one, if you've been in a relationship with a toxic parent or a narcissist and you've been having to learn how to talk with them, okay, a lot of times the only way to deal with a narcissist or a toxic person is to understand what's going on inside of their head. You have to somewhat play their game. Mm-hmm. Right? Now you get out of right. that relationship you still got those same negotiation, you know, tactics and communication tactics that you were using with that person and you kind of bring it with you. Right. And I don't think a lot of people evaluate that because it, it, it easily happens. I've caught myself doing it. I, I, I would sit there and study myself. I was like, you know what? You were doing everything that they were doing. And it's because you were so used to fighting with inside of that world. Right. Well, you know, that brings up another good point is you start having that conversation with them, especially, you know, whether it be right after the divorce or the breakup, whichever. Yeah. And it doesn't help that that narcissist has knowledge on what buttons to push on you to get Absolutely. you angry. 100%. And, <laughs> and I've always found, I've always found, you know, talking with other, other dads and moms that have dealt with these situations, best thing to do is remain calm. Yep stay nice and be respectful. You don't have to respect the individual per se, but be respectful in conversation. If they start pushing those buttons back away, you don't have to talk to them today. Yep. 
And he's absolutely right. The button that should be the most cautious to hit, okay, the one that you don't want nobody talking about, that you <laughs> confided into somebody that you thought you loved and that they would never go there, that's the one that's going to happen. And it's, it's right. to get a reaction. Don't react. Don't do it for one second. And then, like I said, getting out of one of these relationships, you really got to sit back. You got to heal. You got to evaluate yourself, especially if you've caught yourself in a relationship with a narcissist, 100%. Because when you get out, you say, okay, I'm not letting that happen to me ever again. It's about me. You start building up these walls. I'm never going to let this person get close to me again because I don't want nobody to hurt me again. And that in itself is somewhat narcissistic. Because when you go into right. that next relationship, you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to be somewhat distant. I'm going to take this slow. I'm not going to get too close because I'm not going to get hurt again. Okay. Me, I'm not going to get hurt. That person sitting across from you is a brand new person that's willing to take on a relationship with you. They are equally as important. Their heart and their feelings are equally as important, but because of the relationship you just got out of, it's me, my walls being built and it's about not getting hurt. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Cause I, I can tell you right now, my wife, bless her heart. Uh, she had those walls up with me for a while. And, yep. uh, you know, it, of course, and, and as closely as I can quote her, um, I was, I've been the first person that she has been in a relationship with that she felt like she could actually take those walls down yep. and not feel judged. Um, you know, and, and it, of course me being in a relationship where I was cheated on and through that, uh, I call it the he-man hater, woman haters club phase. Yeah. It takes a lot for me at some points because the relationship, my buttons are getting pushed, you know, because we're in a relationship there and there. Yep. Uh, of course, every relationship, you're going to have disagreements. It, it took me a while to realize, hey, just because she is upset, she is pushing my buttons, does not necessarily mean she is pushing them to get re a reaction out of me that I would normally give had it been my ex. Right. Because I am dealing with a different person. You know, I'm redheaded. I'll be honest. I got a temper. <laughs> let's, let's face it. Um, but, you know, one, once I kind of matured myself, to that point and realize, you know, my wife has been able to push some buttons that with my ex-wife, I would normally, I would go out and break something. <laughs> right. Know? Right. You know, my wife, I, I will give, I'll give her credit. She doesn't do anything like that intentionally. She, she I mean, we have those conversations. The person you love and, the most is the person that'll make you mad the most. <laughs> well, it's because you care. Yeah, exactly. You because you care. If it was somebody saying that to you that you wasn't emotionally invested in, it wouldn't have no effect. Right. And I mean, of course, here's here's the big thing about dealing with a narcissist relationship, especially there at the beginning. Uh way I always like to put it is if you take that remote control and reprogram those buttons on there, you will not see a better show than watching them trying to figure out how to operate that new controller. Oh yeah. I mean yeah, I mean, it, it, when you take away that power, it, they will start throwing a fit. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, if you don't let them push your buttons anymore. You take that that power away from them, they they will they will start having a fit. That remote and, control sometimes comes your kids. Right, and my thing is, they start throwing a fit. That's your sign to say, hey, let's have this conversation some other time when you're more calm. Because just because they're angry doesn't mean that you need to get worked up. Right. 
just don't respond. I've always said, you know what, keep your communication. If you're dealing with somebody like that, keep it through email. Say, can mm -hmm. I see my kids or ask about my kids? Anything else? I'm telling you, don't even read it. It's just gaslighting. And then if they right. don't give you that, just tell them it politely. Look, I said I wasn't going to talk about that. When can I see my kids? And I mean, keep a record of that. It's very oh, important. Yeah. Most definitely. Very, very and, important. You know, it, it, most definitely. I mean, it, there are going to be those situations where you do have to talk to them person to person or on the phone. Um, again, if a temper, even if it's your own temper, I mean, because like I said, I'm redheaded. Yeah. I'm not going to deny it. You know, if I felt my temper starting to flare, I would be like, look, let, I'd have to kind of stop and say, hey, we're let's talk about this tomorrow. You I know? have to go take a walk. I go get in the car and yep. take off. <laughs> right. If, if it's go that bad, I'm going to go listen to some music. Yeah, go get a glass of water, do something. Yeah. You know, but but definitely don't drink alcohol after having no. that conversation and get temper up. That just makes it worse. And it sucks doing this sober October because usually I just go outside, smoke a cigarette or puff on the vape or something, but they just took that away from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't help that I, I, I've got osteoarthritis in my lower back. And I, I'm not – I will drink maybe a half of a can of beer yeah. once every other week just to help with the pain. And it's like – I got to think about it. It's like, you know, I got a 12-pack in the fridge. I ain't drinking over a month. <laughs> yeah. That's like me, man. I've got a few beers in the fridge that there ain't no telling how long they've been in there. But every once in a right. while, if I feel like having me one and I've had a long, hard week at work, I'll sit there. I might drink me one or two and I'm done. Yeah. Not this month, though. <laughs> no, not this month. They kind of took that privilege away from me. And it's, it's bad, man, because in a couple of weeks, it's my birthday. Out of all times, they could have done that. <laughs> But um, yeah, man. So you know, I hate getting too personal in on my own situation, and I hope me, hopefully, my fiance don't get mad about this. But so during my own um, situation, I had been divorced about two years when I met her, and uh, I was still in that building walls mode, even mm. though I thought that that was over and I was ready to move on. And w right. when I met her, she was everything I had been looking for. She was beautiful. She loved me for me. I mean, she spoils me rotten, dude. I mean, like literally spoils me rotten. It was all about me. And I did everything I could to push her away. Yeah. We tend to do that. I did I, everything in my power. And I would even go to my friends. I'd say, dude, she's everything I want. What's happening? And they was like, you're stupid is what's happening. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I was like, I, I don't get it. And finally, I found out what it was. I really liked her. Yeah. And anybody that I've liked or loved in my life has hurt me. So mm -hmm. I found myself starting to become close to somebody and my walls were pushing back and I almost oh, pushed yeah. away the best thing I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I had the same situation happen with my wife. It's like, of course, at this point, we were already married, believe it or not. I'm like, okay, I think it was about year five me and her getting married and, and I'll, I'm gonna tell you right now I don't encourage anybody to just rush into a, a marriage but again I got real real lucky yeah because uh, my wife is as stubborn as I am <laughs> <laughs> my but you dear. know I, I noticed I was pushing her away this this woman loves me for who I am she loves my kids as they're one of her own yep matter of fact her whole family treats my kids as they're part of their family I mean it it's phenomenal. I mean, anything and everything I wanted in the, out of a relationship, 
it's here in my mind with my wife. That and, sounds exactly like what I'm going through, brother. And I, I found myself clamoring up, not telling her what was going on with me, even though we did start developing that trust there. But once I, it's like once you get to that final layer, I feel like it's when you start clamoring back up and trying to rebuild those walls. Right. And it took a lot for me to uh, just take down the defenses and be like, hey, this is how I feel. You got to really, I guess, like you said, get figure out what's going on with you yeah. before you can move forward. It was me. I was looking for the problems in her and I wasn't finding any. So right. I was just instantly pushing back because it was like as much as I was ready and wanting, I wasn't ready. I was wanting to move on. Right. And I found out once I found the person I wanted to be with, how unready I was because I was still, you know, and even after we started dating, it was like, you don't understand. You got to realize I've been hurt. That's the reason I act this way. And I was like, man, I'm coming with a lot of baggage. And she still accepts me, even though I've got that baggage and is willing to right. work around it. Well, and I mean, we all have baggage at some point. Yeah. And she legit loved my kids, Jason. Like, oh, yeah. Anybody that I had been with before, you could tell they was just kind of like talking to my kids or something like that just to, you know, get on my good side, I guess. But like my kids right. love her to death and vice versa. And she's got two kids as well, man. It was just, it was like it fit. You know? Right. So I would encourage anybody. That's what you need to be looking for. And you need to make sure that your walls aren't built up when you go to move on because you might right. just push out the best thing in your life if you do try to go into this right. without being ready well it's kind of a balance really eric i mean you, you don't want to just trust anybody right uh, i mean like i said me and my me and my wife actually was engaged on day three of knowing each other uh -oh. now I, I will be <laughs> honest i'll be honest me and her our fam my family has known her family for a long time right and so, you know, it, it's for us, it just kind of worked out. Some people do work that way. There for a little while, me and her both did kind of keep a defense up. Right. But we, and I say me and her started trusting each other and it just kind of come naturally. It did, but yeah. we still kept that defensive line up. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No. And I'll be honest with you, you know, a lot of people talk about why do people get somebody's name tattooed their, to their body. I was always a big believer in not doing that. I've actually got my wife's name tattooed on my body because I was like, you know what? I, I realized problem is me. I'm the a-hole. <laughs> and I told her, I said, look, I, I'm, I'm with you for the rest of my life. Don't care. And I mean, she's the same way. She, I mean, I, me and her, we're, like I said, we're both hard-headed when it comes to that decision. Yeah. And we, we, it took a lot of, lot of barriers to come down not just with each other, but more so ourselves. Right. Yeah. And, and, but at the same time, you, you don't want to just open up and let the floodgates in and then have somebody, the wrong person let into your life. It, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Your heart knows, I think. Right. You, you got to distinguish the difference between your heart and your brain. So I would be a hypocrite for saying that it can't happen because my granddad the one I wrote the article about, the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. He met my grandmother and married her three days later when I want to say he was 16 and she was like either 14 or 15 back when they married really young. And then yep. he took off on the third day and was gone for years because he went into the army. When he came back, <laughs> she was waiting on him. They was married 67 years. 
Right. It was the greatest love story you ever seen. I always oh, love yeah. seeing them two together. So, yeah. I mean, it happens. It definitely happens. It does, but it, it's a rare occasion, especially nowadays. But my, my biggest thing has always been get to know each other first. Yeah. You know, especially when you got kids involved. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if you don't, you've got more than just you that's going to be hurt. you got kids to worry about, too. Yep. And There's a lot of stake. Yeah. And that that's part of being the adult. You got to kind of have to start thinking about how's this going to affect them too. Yep. And, you know, we didn't talk about that. There is, I think, a very big importance on talking to your kids while going through a divorce and going through this type of transition. I would mm-hmm. make sure that the kids are comfortable. One, if you start dating with that transition, but it could be years down the line and your kid right. could still be, dealing with that divorce and you won't even know it. Right. And you can right. tell if, if you're in their life and you're involved and you're talking to them, you can tell something's bothering them and they right. need to feel comfortable in talking to you. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, and see, that's the, that's to me, that's another thing. A lot of times I, I find with my kids, you know, that my, my three kids, one of mine is my oldest. He's like a neutral between me and the mom. You know, right. you, you always hear about the daddy's boy or mama's boy and right mama's girl daddy's girl kind of thing well in my situation we got three three boys my oldest is neutral he he loves both mom and dad equally yeah the next in line would be a mama's boy which i've encouraged i've nurtured that relationship because i mean hey i was i'm a mama's boy i won't lie right and my youngest is daddy's boy you know he's daddy's baby everybody calls him my dwarf midget yeah (laughs) I mean, you know, because uh, he, he, his attitude's just like mine. The only difference is he's got his mama's puppy dog eyes. I'll yeah. be honest. It is what it is. I think me and my me and their mom have actually done a very good job encouraging that relationship overall between the two of us. Good deal, man. I mean, and you got to. And oh yeah. For anybody listening, like, man, I wish that could happen to me. It can happen to you. And you might have a lot. <laughs> Of drama going on right now you might think it would never happen but eventually if you'll start taking some of these steps that me and jason have talked about it will get better it might happen very slow but if you stay consistent at it it can happen right and, and i mean definitely definitely reach out i'm i'm willing to talk to you guys or gals whichever the case may be yeah. um eric is here he, he is more than willing to help with you guys i mean reach out Talk to somebody. Starts coming with drugs, alcohol, and things like that. Yeah, you may want to step away, because that's just going to get you in a further problem, especially when it comes to the false accusations. Yeah. If you're dealing with custody issue, a lot of these things will hurt you more than they'll help you, even though they you may feel like they're helping you right now. I know many parents that do not have access to their children over a joint. They'd rather have a joint every night. And that speaks volumes. I'm not saying that I'm completely against marijuana because I don't think it's that bad of a thing. But if it's illegal in your state and that keeps you from your kids, it's a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, anything that keeps you from your kids. I don't I don't care. Prescription pill. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm holding up an antacid, but you're taking these illegally. Uh, You you need to reevaluate your life. And I mean, and get I encourage you to get help. Yep. So anyway, guys, we will probably continue this later on because there's just so many different avenues that oh, you can yeah. go to on this and there's no way to cover it all and i'm sure as soon as i get off with you i'll be like oh man you didn't talk about that 
So this is an open discussion and we'll continue to talk about it. But uh, Jason, I appreciate you for joining me today. Hey, brother, anytime, anytime. All right, guys. Everybody have a good day. Stay cool, stay dad, and we'll catch you later on down the road. This has been an episode of Dad Talk Today with your host, Eric Carroll. Thank you so much for being here today, Dad. It means the world to us. Join us next week as we release a brand new podcast. And until then, visit us over at www.dadtalktoday.com where you can find merchandise that helps support this podcast as well as a contact form where you can send in your questions, concerns, comments. You just need to reach out to somebody, need somebody to talk to. Send us that email, brother. If you're here, you're family. Until then, we will see you next time. Stay cool. Stay dead.